Hello, hello. Hey guys. What's up, co-workers? Hey co-workers. Hey, welcome back to episode five of the We Outside After Work podcast. I am your host, Dana. I'm Aaron. Happy Cinco de Worko. <laughs> and today we are joined by LaShawn. Which is a friend of Aaron. That's my guy. Hit me to the death of us. <laughs> my man, Anna Grant. Yes, LaShawn, thank you for joining us today. Happy to be here. All right, so tell us a little bit about yourself, because he also has his own podcast. And what is your podcast about? Absolutely. Um, follow my podcast when you guys get a chance. It's the Educated Brothers podcast. We're on all streaming platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all the nine. Uh, you can follow myself at... Bigger underscore Sean underscore, you know, play on the name, you know, Big Sean. Mm-hmm. But, um, Ooh, yeah, Big Sean, see, <laughs> yeah, so, so his... you spell it like him, or you spell no, it no, 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 S H A W. We gotta make sure they know how to spell it. No, no, we we not spelling it big scene, all right, Sean. He is gonna be big and seen, you feel me? Absolutely, I mean, Educated Brothers podcast. Shout out to them, they had me on a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that was the podcast that Aaron left us for, guys, to be on. So, yeah, we are joined now by... I had to steal him for a quick second. It wasn't that bad. He the one that got me sick. That's why. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... Nah, it was that, that whiskey we was drinking. That's yeah. what it was. Oh, no. Nah, speaking of, yeah, take a shot. Okay. My cranberry juice. So, yeah, we, we're going to just take a take a sip to that. <laughs> this, oh. this is coffee. And I, I got to give a shout out to his co-host, too, Dante. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Follow the man. Dante Virgins is Dante B underscore on Instagram. My second half, my brother in arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Dante been rocking with each other for going on 17 years now. That's my man. So, okay. you know, make sure y'all give him a, you know, a follow, look up. Yeah, and Dante put... acts as well. So, you know, catch oh, him on the Broadway Jabbar, show or... soon. Yeah. Jabbar, right? That's his name? Yeah, that was his name. But I'll put all this stuff in the description okay. of their nice. uh, handles so that people can check them out. All right, so normally in the beginning of our podcast, we do just go around asking each other how our week was, but because we are joined by a guest, we are going to switch things up a little bit today. So um, I did go to Target to pick up a card game because I'm always in Target anyway, and this kind of just made sense. I'm glad I'm not always in Target no more. You know, That used to be my life. For you used to work there, <laughs> so that's why. Hey, if y'all need any discounts or deals, hit me up. I got you. <laughs> RJ. RJ, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the card game that I picked up was called Hot Takes, and I chose three questions that we're going to go around and just see, like, our thoughts on these questions. So the first one is, should Snapchat bring back where you could see people's best friends? So if you don't know what that was, Snapchat at a point in time had a feature where you could see the top three people that someone kept Snapchatting and sending pictures and videos to. Trifling. So <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of trifling, but I I no longer use Snapchat. Mm-hmm. But back then when they did have that, um, it did kind of ruin relationships and it kind of just made me side eye people like, well, why are you talking to this person so much and just not really want to fuck with them too much after that? That's like when Instagram had the Discover page. They still got that. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, shit, I don't be using it like that. <laughs> but, you know, I see who you like and I see who you yeah, da Yeah, no, yeah, they used to have that where you could see the so likes. They don't call it that, but the algorithm still builds up to when you, if you searching for somebody, it'll show the type of stuff that you're liking. 
So oh was, my, nah, this really? is specific though, like because yeah. it was like oh, Aaron liked such and such as pictures. Yes, oh, okay, yeah. that's what and it then was on, on Snapchat. I, I don't remember the best friends thing mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I just remember seeing who mine were. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, if this girl I'm hitting up every day, all of a sudden, this dude in the stream or streak, whatever it's called, I'm like, yo, what's up with that? Yeah, it used to tell you when, like, people's uh, usernames, like, shot up for that other person mm-hmm. so that, like, it tells you they was Little talking to ass. them a lot. Yeah. But so. they, they still got other ways there that you can get caught up there. Because, so. mm-hmm. like, if you follow mutual people, if it's somebody that you're on their page a lot, if you like that picture, your name's going to be the first name up there that you liked it. Yeah, they, they find little subtle I have ways a to snitch friend. on you. Yes, I have a friend who, um, like, that was actually an issue in his last relationship, <sighs> was that his girlfriend always saw his name show up as like this person and others like this picture. Well, what's the problem <laughs> with that? Like, what, what's wrong with liking pictures? It's to me, it's not a big deal, but it depends. If it is one particular person that your girlfriend or boyfriend keeps liking their pictures and you always you're kind of just snooping and you see their name always pops up then it's a little like okay why you like all of their pictures like so that? is it because they are accessible like if i like all the beyonce pictures you don't have a problem with it's not the same it. thing. but if i like all of bianca's pictures that's right the problem. right because you can't get beyonce that issue, like yeah. do you do you have a problem with uh guys who like let's say like um, Instagram models or girls that we don't know personally. They like, like I, that. I personally don't care, but there was a situation in one of my past relationships where, and I don't do do this anymore. I don't go through phones and none of that. And shout out to growth. Always find something, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, my ex, not my past ex, like. Because people know who he is. But anyway. I don't know. Who <laughs> yeah, you guys don't know. But other... <laughs> I met him. <laughs> but um, him and his best friend, guy best friend, would literally just keep sending a bunch of like ass pictures to each other to where it was just like, uh, it was a lot of pictures. And I'm like, is this all you guys do on Instagram is just yeah. send ass shots? How'd you catch that? You went through it? I went through his Instagram. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I felt the way just because we did have a lot of other things going on. And then just to see that. And I'm like, I kind of felt insecure. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is why you're not paying me attention because you're so busy on Instagram. No, nah, you should have just sent him ass. That's... No, because his best friend was sending it to him. No, oh, but in, in... Well, his best friend probably would have been like, oh, let me see Dan. That's crazy. So I get you. I but get in, you. In, in most of the situations <laughs> where guys are doing things like that, it's something that they're not getting. And, you know, it sucks that you felt insecure about it. But in, like Aaron said, it probably was best if you started sending him ass. No, because it wasn't it wasn't me. Like, it wasn't uh-huh. the fact that he was sending them. Mm-hmm. It was more so his best friend was sending it to him. And his best friend was married. So that's a whole nother conversation. But it was like, it was it was so many in one day to where I'm like, okay. That's this guy weird. is literally just going on Instagram to find ass to send to my boyfriend. We like, might have to tackle that marriage shit, too. Because, yeah. Yeah. Especially all the divorce is going on. But let's get to question number two. Okay, so question number two <clears throat> says, people who grew up with social media will have less interpersonal communication skills. Do ding, y'all, ding, do ding, y'all ding, agree ding. or disagree? I agree with that. Ding. I agree, too. I agree, too. the fuck, ding. My son is literally in the other room right now. <laughs> 
He been here for an hour. Mm-hmm. I don't think he he took his eye out the phone except for when Dana played Connect Four. Yes, I was gonna say just to give him the benefit of the doubt, he did play the giant Connect Four with me, and I beat him three times in a row. But shout out, shout out to Jada. Yeah, <laughs> but like I don't know. I feel like that's just their generation, and it does suck though because also I feel like they get a lot of information from TikTok yeah. and think that's valid mm-hmm. and everything on there is believable. So it is kind of scary at the same time. But the way I look at it, when we grew up. The next town over was far from us, right? Like, I grew up in Union. And, yeah, I knew people in Hillside, mm-hmm. but I didn't know people in Hillside. Now I know people in New York. I know people in Chicago. I it know people in Oklahoma, yeah. right? So it's like it might make you have less interpersonal communication from a physical perspective. Mm-hmm. But these people communicate. Yeah, they're These talking. people know how to communicate but with we, one another. Mm-hmm. Our generation, we knew how to operate it. You know, when social media first... Because we blend it. Exactly. We use it as a tool to reach out to people we couldn't see every day, you know. Like, um, I moved a lot when I was a teenager. So when I left Island, New Jersey, to move to Maplewood, as a a 14-year-old kid, I thought it was like eons away. Mm -hmm. But now, like when my space got hot, Mm -hmm. you know, it made... I got connected with all my friends to the point that I'm still cool with the dudes I thought I'd never talk to again. Yep. Right. But... You know, we were right at the the beginning of it. So we're kind of like in the middle, too, because I have times where I'm like, all right, I'm on this phone too much. I got to put it down. Yeah, I think it's also about like just having discipline for yourself mm-hmm. and being like, OK, because I notice that with me, like I'll literally spend if I'm by myself, I'll spend like two hours just scrolling through reels because yeah. I'm not on TikTok or nothing like that. But I think. When you are dating and you start, like, to go out with people and they're constantly just on their phone at dinner or something like that, it's like, yo, like, I'm here with you now. I've like, learned not to do that. Yeah, that, that's home, such a huge red flag to me. Like, be in the moment. <laughs> be in the moment and just be here with me and let's, like, act like, you know, that we're spending time together. Mm-hmm. But like, I also got to, because I got to defend myself because I'm I'm the person that's not present a lot. Because my phone is very distracting, right? It is. But I also feel like be. I'm distractible. And that's me. Like, it could be a personality trait that, you know, a dog crosses the street, I'm going to see the dog cross mm-hmm. the street, mm-hmm. right? Like, when I was in a car as a kid, every time I seen the white lines on the street, I got to, like, pick my head up like I'm jumping them, like mm-hmm. I'm playing a game, right? But then social media just makes it worse for you then. It because, does. Like, because you... I'm easily distractible. Yes, exactly. And it's things that I enjoy and I like to see. Mm-hmm. So... If it's something amusing, I'm going to look at it. I'm mm-hmm. going to laugh at it. If it's something engaging, I'm going to look at it. I'm mm-hmm. going to read all into it. Um, so let, let's bring it back, though, to the current generation. Mm-hmm. Because there are literally babies, like three-year-olds, who know how to operate iPads, Insane. iPhones, get to YouTube, talk mm-hmm. to Alexa to play music. Like I feel like it is a blessing and a curse because it allows them to just keep up with technology at such a young age. So mm-hmm. who knows what it will become once, you know, they are old enough to uh, add whatever they want to add to these already existing um, technical things. But I'm saying for the future, mm-hmm. what will it look like where kids are already like you said, your son just so zoned into their phone that like, are they going to be able to just like speak to people face to face or are they, cause I've already seen it now where like people are just so uncomfortable talking in person mm-hmm. that they would much rather text, even phone calls. No one calls. A lot of people anymore. don't like to 
make phone calls and I'm big on calling or like voice notes like I don't want to text all day as someone that hires 16 17 18 year olds it's a a huge difference in their productivity it's a huge difference in their interest they get distracted Um, and every time you look to the right look to the left they're on their phones right Mm -hmm. and it's like is it a big deal to me? No. Is it a big deal to the customers? No. But optically, it does look hard. It looks like you're not working. Exactly. So um, part of it is as somebody who is in a position of authority and leadership, you have to just try to continue to coach them and train them out of that. Like, I get it. My son learns how to read based on playing video games, playing mm-hmm. Pokemon. Like, that was his thing. Me and him had a thing. I'll buy you the game if you know how to read it. Because if you know anything about playing Pokemon, you got to read the shit. Mm-hmm. So... Now he's top-notch reader. He can do all that kind of stuff. But okay. now it's ingrained in him that he can do it through technology. The schools have iPads. The school have uh, laptops, all that kind of shit. They don't even have textbooks no more. Mm-hmm. So they don't want the kids to necessarily be averse to technology. And, and that's why I was going to say it comes down to parenting, teaching, and whoever the guardian is because, like you said, it's a gift and a curse. But if you stare them the right way, they can mm-hmm. use it to their advantage. Right. You they know, need guidance. Exactly. Because they're already at a, a, a you know, a situation to where we didn't have something like this. Remember your teachers when you was in math class, like, yo, don't use your calculator. You have all that right in right. front I'm of like, you Right. I'm like, why wouldn't I use my calculator? Exactly. So <laughs> it, 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 it makes it easier for them. But then it's also a, a tool that they can actually use if they use it properly. Mm-hmm. And it's just up to us to make sure that they're not. Constantly just on TikTok or mm-hmm. just watch, like playing, you know, Fortnite and stuff like that all day, watching YouTube videos. Like the, so, the thing that I'm having with my my nephews right now is they're into sports, mm-hmm. but they assume that since they're watching all these YouTubers and these guys on Twitch and all these things like that, doing these certain things, that it's just going to be a given to them. Mm-hmm. But when I'm telling them, like what they're not showing you is that them two hours that they're not on that Twitch, they're in the gym working. Right. You gotta you gotta find a balance in that stuff, but they just assume that it's there. Mm-hmm. I can do the same thing, mm-hmm. and that's when you have to step in and be like, "Yo, you can't do it. You gotta do it this way." Right, and I think that's why the parents just step in. Have you guys heard of um, iPad parenting, where parents kind of just like set up the iPad Absolutely. to basically babysit and distract mm-hmm. their children. Shout out to Desmond Dennis, Gracie's Corner. Oh my God, clearly Aaron uses Coco it. Melon. <laughs> no, yeah. we don't do Coco Melon. That shit ain't got no soul. But, that shit ain't got no soul. But there Daddy is, finger. there's a detriment to that, I feel like, because there comes a point where it's like, as a parent, you have to know when it's time to just take that away and actually parent and talk to your children. Like, I've heard, not, because obviously I don't have children, but I've ho- heard stories where People will literally just have their child sit in front of the iPad for hours, not talk to them, not like actually teach them things and and be a parent so that they can be on social media, too, or whatever they're doing. And it's like if you think about that long term, your child is just not really going to know like how to actually like have conversation and communicate. And like it's a behavioral thing, too, because once they go to school and start interacting with other kids, they won't really have those skills because no one really talked to them. It was just like, oh, watch Coco Melon. Or... So I'll give the other side of the coin a little bit. Um, as a kid, I was the kid that you just throw me in a room with some toys. I don't need the social interaction with parents, mm-hmm. my brothers, or anything. I actually created social interaction with the toys, mm-hmm. right? Hey, this group is a family. This group is a family. We're playing. We're able to continue to have that, that dynamic. Now, when I have my my son, 
he was never the the kid that can't get off of a video game or can't get off of social media, but he also was a kid that loved it. Mm-hmm. So instead of taking it away from him, I joined in on it. Right. Like, we can do this together so we can talk through it and, and that's we can my point. build a connection. Right. That's my point is just being, like, actually being a parent and mm-hmm. doing it together, not yeah, yeah. just, like, setting him with that and just be like, all right, I'll talk to you Oh, but te- in a definitely hours. every once in a while you need that break. You need that break where you're going to be mm-hmm. like, you know what, especially with a newborn, our daughter will sit and watch videos for a good hour, and it's like, all right, I just need a break. Mm-hmm. I just need to chill. <laughs> and then, you know, back at it, I'm dancing with her. I'm singing all the songs, so, like, okay. I'm, I'm active with it. Right. But There's a balance. Yeah, once I realized that this is something that I gravitated to her, mm-hmm. I didn't want to take it away from her. Mm-hmm. Like, if singing and dancing is what makes you happy, Sing and dance. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just going to sing and dance with you. If I got to wear a tutu to right. make sure that this is the type of interaction that you need, I'm going to do that for right. you. Right, and that's my point. Just like actually being there mm-hmm. with them while they're using these things. Because also, especially with social media, depending on how old <coughs> your child is when they have an Instagram, like for you, Aaron, for example, mm-hmm. what do you think is an appropriate age for your son to have either Instagram or Twitter because yes they have the parental controls on it <laughs> but you can still see a lot of shit on it. So there. it wasn't until I think XXX Tentacion or whatever his name is before he died. Oh yeah yeah yeah. He had a song about suicide. Mm-hmm. So I my son listened to he watched Pokemon and Naruto and shit like that, right? So I never had to worry about nothing. Then I, I hear him on YouTube, and he's singing this song, Suicide, something, 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 something. Oh, something. No. So I'm like, wait a minute. Right. Nope, we got to turn that off. Because granted, granted, I don't know what this man is talking about. Mm-hmm. But if my son is curious and start looking up suicide, now all of a sudden, you putting that in his brain, mm-hmm. hey, well, I might want to have to kill myself. Like, I don't want that. Like, mm-hmm. that is a negative thing that, with all due respect to anybody who's going through it, mm-hmm. I don't want to, like create that thought Mm -hmm. like that's supposed to be something that you discover on your own like not somebody putting that message out there so i had to cut that shit Mm -hmm. i had to dead all of that does he have a social media he has he has like an instagram but he's never on it he's mostly on tiktok okay but you watch when he's on his mom for the most part watches a lot of that stuff um if we're in a car together and i hear certain things like i'm like Jaden. You hear them cursing, turn it off. But you know how kids can be sneaky? Because yeah. if you think back to how you was as a child, like... See, but it wasn't sneaky. We knew better. Like, we were very respectful. <laughs> we cursed. We did, we did we? All... Yeah, listen. Listen, don't front. Like, I was sneaky. <laughs> listen, I, listen, we we knew what and what not to do around of our course. parents. And, around, and that's the key word, around our parents. Yeah. So now with social media, because you can literally access it from your phone, mm-hmm. it's like when your child is at school, when you think they're just learning or whatever the case, like they're around their their friends, mm-hmm. and you don't know what their friends are exposed to at home. Mm-hmm. So their their friends showing them like, hey, look, this is what I saw on in Instagram, and it's like, and that's the biggest thing that peer pressure and that that peer to peer relationships mm-hmm. is what truly makes the kids mm-hmm. fucked up. Like, I would never want to sell drugs, right? But if you remember ATL. He didn't want to sell no drugs, but he seen Boy in the Pool drop all that, that money. That was one of my favorite movies. He dropped all that money in that pool. Now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, damn, I want to sell some drugs. Yeah, but at the same time, like, those things haven't changed to what they are. Peer pressure has no, no, always no, been there. Yeah, I think but it just, just escalates about, depending yeah. on um, But like it's it more peers because now I have this broad array of social media and let you get embarrassed on social media. 
everybody's trying to avoid cyberbullying. Oh cyber catching the L. Yes. Uh, don't be the main character on so, Twitter today. Like I have a friend who's a teacher at a high school and he said that the way people the way students bully people now, like the their kid the kids now, is on a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Like let's say there's a fight or something or someone's getting teased and people are recording it. So they will literally airdrop it to the whole class yep. if they miss the fight so everybody could see it. And I'm like, damn. damn you got Jordan Poole. Like, I, I, I got cyber I get cyber bullied every day on Twitter. I got cyber bullied. <laughs> What did they but say? I can't talking shit. That's why <laughs> yeah, I'm oh. that guy. I go looking for it. But um, I got cyberbullied last week for not knowing that uh, seals were mammals. You ain't know that. I listen. I forgot. All right. And then but what did you think it was? I didn't, it, no. Listen. <laughs> let me I'm tell like, you. Nah, we need to know this. All right. So I, I'll be brief. <laughs> Somebody posted a video of a seal playing with a snorkeler. So I remember a conversation I had when I was like 13, when some guy was like, "Yo, seals are basically the dogs of water." So all I did was tweet that. I'm like, hey, man, I remember somebody telling me seals are the dogs of the oceans. This proves it. Marine, marine biology Twitter just went up in arms. Oh, like, God. They can't. They like, they like, they can't, because I said they're the dogs of the ocean. They're they're like, they can't breathe mammals. underwater. They're just holding their breath. I'm like, bro, okay, sorry. That, Wait, but dogs was, are mammals. That, that was the issue. I'm confused. Listen, they, they went off of me for calling them the dogs of the water, as if I was saying that seals. But what's are fish. the problem with that? Because they say that um, crabs are the roaches of the and ocean. Shrimp, yeah. yeah. People find what they're upset about and then they attack. And they, they just people be bored. Literally, and when really I say bullied, I had about like four thousand comments under under that post. I'm like, okay. Yikes. But you know, you said dogs. You know, white people and dogs. They you don't play call, about their pet. You can't call no seal a dog. I, I love dogs too, but that comment wasn't that bad, and I got killed for about like a week over it. It was, it was. Yeah, nice. I'm usually a man versus woman Twitter. That's usually what gets me. That too. Yeah. <laughs> that too. Well, I'm not on Twitter like that, so I feel bad for Listen, you. Guys. Twitter is the best comic relief ever. You gotta get on. Twitter. And the best porn, if you. Oh lord. I heard that. <laughs> like they, they don't have any type of restrictions. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna we're gonna segue into the next the next question. Just don't put it in your header. <laughs> they have delete check. So the next card, and this is the last card for the icebreaker, is in most cases, do you think you need a college degree to be successful? Ooh. I'm gonna go first. Go ahead. I'm gonna go first. I would say yes and no, because there are ways to become very successful online as an entrepreneur or through real estate and other ventures without having a college degree. But I feel like the thing with that is the best way to do it is if you know someone close to you who's in your family or a family friend or somebody that is in that business and Mm -hmm. can kind of just show you the ropes. So you know. Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, when you are applying to like a corporate job or on Indeed, Glassdoor, the requirement to do say college degree required. Mm-hmm. So I think it just depends on which kind of industry that you're trying to go into. But at the same time, it's like when you are entrepreneur too, like you still have to research and learn things and 
and teach yourself how to do how to become like a real estate agent like you have to go to the 75 hour um courses take the exam i'm only saying this because i'm in the process of doing all that now but um yeah like i would say it's it's a yes and a no Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts so um i agree i feel like it's easier now for a number of reasons one what we've been talking about Mm-hmm. Uh, these phones, social media, social media. It, it's thing, it's things that you can do to be lucrative in that. Two is it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, I was gonna humble brag. I'm a regional manager in the healthcare field. Um, oh. So when I was competing at my old company to get promoted, one of the guys that got promoted ahead of me never grad, barely finished high school. Mm-hmm. He did like a year of college, never went back. So he dropped out. College. Yeah, okay. but. The guy who was making the choice for the position was his best friend in high school. So, like, of course, he got that So, he job. got it. So, okay. you know, I took my talents elsewhere. I ended up getting in a higher position anyway. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I have, I've hired people mm-hmm. that were best for the position, don't know them, but they didn't have the degree. But I knew that the type of person that I'm looking for, they fit the mold. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to factor on that because what we do, you can do without that. So, do you have a college degree? Yes, I do. Um, I have a bachelor's in uh, sociology. Okay. So, yeah. for your current position, do you feel like it was required for you? For my position, yes, because I wanted to be higher in management, and I could, I plan on continuing to grow. Okay. So, if you expect to get to a certain level, yes, you would need a degree. You need further education. Exactly. But at the same time, you don't necessarily need it to be successful. You can find ways around it. Right. Especially in corporate America, because once you're in... You're in. Yeah, it's really who you know because, exactly. like, with my manager, um, he, him, and my boss, they are they aren't best friends, but they've known each other for a long time. And every day, I'm kind of just like, how did he get this job? Like, he has no personal skills and like <laughs> leadership skills. Like, he stays in his office all day, but because he is good friends with the boss, mm-hmm. that's how he got the job. Isn't so, it beautiful? I guess. For real, if if any of us could have that situation, we'll I take would it. take advantage of it, of course. Listen, I, I told this dude I work out with sometimes. I'm like, and let's call it what it is, because white people are good for that. They'll put their people in they the positions knowing they can it that way. So I'm like, what's why can't I'm in a position where I can do that for my people? If you're not, if I know you're not gonna come in and screw my name up, and I know you're good at what you do, I don't need all the rest of that. I'm putting you on. Right. So the way I see it is, it's all a matter of what you deem successful is. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you don't need a college degree to run a construction business and uh, be a very like it's a bunch of guys that do trades that don't have those educations. And the keyword is trade. Yeah. But the the trade itself, they don't necessarily need to go to school. They just have to be an apprentice. Mm -hmm. Right. You just my grandfather, he was uh, an electrician's apprentice at like 35 years old. Mm-hmm. But that was after he worked at the post office. Mm-hmm. He did a whole lot. You still need um, the experience. But the experience is the key. Mm-hmm. So I work with two people. One was at the company for 13 years. One was at the company for 10 years. Um, we actually had a real interesting conversation on Saturday, um, Friday. I think they were snitching on the low. <laughs> but it's all good. I'm going to give them a benefit of the doubt. <laughs> and Not snitches. Because I'm an external and they were internal promotes. Um, I make a lot more money than them, probably like 20, 30 more, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we start talking about it, and they're like, well, I don't, I've don't. i never worked anywhere else. I don't even have a resume. Like, 
I'm like, you do recognize that you've essentially worked three jobs to start where you're at, get promoted, get promoted again. That's a resume. Mm-hmm. But they don't they don't look at it like that. They just look at it like this is one job on my resume. This is one position. Like, no, this is an equivalent. Mm-hmm. A lot of the jobs that you look for have equivalents on the, the recommendations or the requirements. I mean, I feel like you, you need a resume mm-hmm. to get a job. But they don't know how to work it. Yeah. Like a resume ain't nothing but fluff. My resume right. is full of fluff. Mine is fluff too, but because all the information is out there on the internet mm-hmm. for you to create a resume, like that, I feel like that's we like giving step people one. benefits of the doubt because a lot of people, mm. a lot of people don't know no better. They don't. If you're constantly on your phone though, like all the information is out there. Yeah, but a lot of people on their phones for the wrong reason. Exactly. They're on social media, but my thing is too because like there's so much information at our fingertips, and if you don't take advantage of that, that's just a detriment to you. I believe we all have a range of intelligence, right? Where you and me and Lashawn, we can recognize like I want more. Mm-hmm. What do I have to do to go out there and get more? A lot of people they. I just so happened to get lucky that I got promoted. I work hard. I got promoted. I don't. These yeah. people that I work with, they don't have ambitions to move beyond where they're at. Okay. Me, I didn't even come here to be this position. I came here to be my boss's boss. Like, that's the mentality I have. Mm-hmm. Their mentality is, oh, I'm just happy to be yeah, here. Yeah, they, they just want a job and they just want to have a yeah. regular so, income. So if you have people like that, and it's nothing wrong with being like that. I believe in modesty, right? Mm-hmm. I don't need much. I need a home. I need the ability to vacation a couple times a year. That's make sure my kids have great Christmases and birthdays, and mm-hmm. I'm the happiest person in the world. Okay, and I think it also depends on what happiness looks like to you. Yeah. Because happiness to me, it does depend on my success financially. Because I do want to be able to take trips when I want to, to mm-hmm. visit family in different states where I got to take flights to go visit them. And that obviously takes money. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just like building that wealth in order to just have that freedom to do what I want to do. Like, that's what happiness is for me. Yeah. So, um, all right. So then let's segue into our first topic. And I saw a video. <laughs> I saw a video on Instagram where... You know how people do like a whole bunch of skits, like the Instagram comedians and stuff like that. So this one guy, um, I think his Instagram was Hey Tony TV. Have you guys heard of him? Nope. He does a lot of like um, like fake high school uh, administrative skits. No. Okay. Does he usually have like a wiggle? Yes. Yeah. And the right. keys. I've seen it. Yeah. 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 I've seen it. Yeah. So he did this one skit previously, which I thought was so funny, but. Um, He was sitting in a classroom and he was at an interview where they were giving him a motivational speech about how you're going to be going door to door selling knives. I'm not going to say the name of the company because one of my good friends worked for this company. (laughs) So she she, no worked previously. Yes. Like in the vector space past tense. <laughs> I said oh. I didn't want to say it. Oh, what? I said it. You said it. Oh, damn. I didn't even realize. Yeah, but past tense. She no longer works there. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you guys have you ever. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, before you go. Okay. Tama, she actually worked for them? She did. Like, for how long? My grandma brought knives oh, from my her. <laughs> she still has the knives. Uh, do they work? No, they're, they're great knives. <laughs> like, they literally will cut they're through really a watermelon in like one slice. So maybe we should have did this shit, huh? Nah. No, but listen, listen, let me, let me ask the question. So 
Have you guys ever worked a job where it was kind of like a pyramid scheme and they kind of gave you that motivational speech and you got hired on the first day? Let me, and let me tackle this. Let, let, me, I, let me tell I my story fun, first. I got some funny stories. I'm going to tell my story first and then, Aaron, you can go next. So my situation was I was looking for an internship back in probably like 2013, 14. And I went to one of these motivational speeches interviews, got the job first day. And they told us that every morning we would have a team conversation to motivate all of us to go out and and sell these knockoff perfumes. That's Mm -hmm. what we were selling. So we would go to Walgreens, not Walgreens, Walmart, uh, gas Avon stations. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't even Avon. I don't remember Evon. the name Evon. of it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just knockoff perfumes, and we had a bag. We had maybe like twenty a piece. So whenever we would sell one, they called it drops. Hold up, were you one of those people who would walk up to random people and yes, like, "Yeah, in the parking lot"? Yo, yo, <laughs> nah, be somebody caught me with that. I was mad as hell because my ex at the time was like, "Why you smell like that?" I'm like, oh, "I swear to God." Yeah, we I would just spray you. Like, doesn't it yo, smell like don't do that shit? Or something? <laughs> don't do don't do that shit. Yeah, but I literally only did it for maybe like a week oh, and then man. stopped going because they they kind of brainwashed us into saying like, "Oh, you're gonna get your own office." and we're going to pay you this amount of money to build your own team. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy because when I quit, I would say a month later, the people I used to work with, they were probably around, like, their 50s. Like, they were older or, like, fresh out of college. So they were, like, easily manipulated, and so was I, clearly. But um, they were saying how, oh, I just I have to sell maybe, like, three more bottles, and then in two weeks, like, I'll have my own office. So when I quit, I ran into one of them in a Walmart parking lot. And I was like, hey, like, did you open your own office yet? And then they were like, oh, no, the company told me that it's still under construction. And I they have to wait this amount of time. Like, it was still some more bullshit. And I'm just like, damn, like, you really, you still here. You still here. Falling for this. Uh, I, what I, I did you gain from that? <laughs> <laughs> right. I definitely fell for it. Um, because I was on child support, fresh out of college, so I needed whatever I needed. Yeah, fresh out of college? Uh, all the in points. college. Um, but we, that's another story for another day. Um, what ends up happening is I apply for jobs. You know, you're just trying to get whatever. I graduated in 2012, and I'm over here looking and looking and looking like, where am I going to get my next job? So it was a company called 2K Millennium. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that sounded like some bullshit. Right? <laughs> it, it, sounded, it sounded like I was about to be on some on some shit. So I do my interview, and my cousin Justin always told me, yo, if they hire you on the spot, it ain't the spot. It ain't <laughs> nope. not the so, job. So I'm like, I'm all excited. It was in Hackensack. I had to catch two buses to get to Hackensack. You had to take public transportation. Two there. buses, and when I got there, yo, first off. Dude was the best motivator I ever. They I, always are. Yo, Mine was I, I too. use the shit that he tell me to this day. He started this <laughs> Yo, he used to be like, yeah, if you got eight hours of work, you work your whole eight hours. You, you know, you keep. A they smile make on you your feel face. like you need to be on your shit. Yo, he used to be like, every store, every door, every floor. I'm like, you got me, dog. Clearly, you still say that. <laughs> You're absolutely there, like, yeah. Been, Let's get it. I'm gung ho and shit. I don't even use that shit. I'm That's like, why I'm they go at the athletes. Yo, so <laughs> they not a motivator. We were selling makeup similar to to. To the perfume? Yeah. Makeup and curling irons. What? Makeup and fucking curling irons. Were you going door to door? We were going people to people. 
in New York City, Brooklyn, on the street. I don't even speak Spanish. Se gusta maquillaje? Is, is that correct, Marvin? I don't even know if I said that shit right. But I'm over there talking to every single woman I see. Se gusta maquillaje? What does that mean? Do you want makeup? I think that's all you say. That's all I say. And then they start talking back to you as you. The crazy part, shit. See, the crazy part was it was Valentine's Day month, so it was like right in February. So I'm getting myself bang, bang, bang. I'm feeling like I'm. So they was buying it. And then that check came. I got like forty five dollars. Nah. I said, man, this shit is a dub. That's a rip off. I'm like, nah, this shit. It taught me how to work hard though, mm-hmm. because I ain't going. I ain't going to take nothing away from that experience. That three days that I was there, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it really taught me like, yo, if if you want to get it, you gotta grind. But this ain't the grind I want to do. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt because they had us going out to like PA, like Walmart in Pennsylvania, which was like an hour drive. And okay. I'm like, why are we going so far? Because they didn't want us like the group to be too close together with I got, selling. I got real life beef with y'all. Because I was leaving work. Don't one say day. y'all, because I'm not there no more. I used to work in retail. And I was walking out of work one day, got off early. Some random girl and her friend walked up and sprayed me. Like this smell good, right? You should get this for your girlfriend. I'm like, bro, I'm gonna go home and have to explain why I smell like this. What are you doing? Right? No, that that That's was excuse, that was man, literally nah, what they wanted us to do. Shit. Yo, these motherfuckers came and kissed all on my shirt collar. Seemingly <laughs> that shit. I, I was yo, bro. I got beef with y'all. Yeah. No, that was their marketing tactic. Like, just smell it so that they can get a whiff and be like, oh, let me buy it. But most people don't like that shit. Like, that's invading their personal space. Mm-hmm. And also, it's not even the the original. Like, it's a knockoff. So, But can we talk about Vector real quick? That was my first ever interview. You worked at Vector? I didn't work there. Me and my sister, LaShawna, we, we both... That's a good name. We both went to the Vector interview. We were excited. We had our dressed to the nines. We mm-hmm. ready. And they telling us all of this shit like, yo, look at these knives cut. These knives can't cut through steel. Like, yo, we no, excited. No, that's how my grandma bought them. <laughs> we excited. And then they told us, like, the structure. And we like, hold on. We 16, 17. Like, this mm-hmm. not sound right. This sounds like some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it was some bullshit. But they were good knives. Like, my I don't grandma give a fuck still how good the knives them. are. It's, but they were expensive. They were like a hundred and something. I might as well sell Popular Club, Dollars. Avon. What else you do door to door? Jehovah's Witness, like yeah. whatever the fuck. Jehovah's Witness don't sell though. They sell God. They sell Jesus. That don't count. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. Listen, I've been um, Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> nah, <laughs> but as far as the, the the whole schemes and whatnot, I've almost I've never actually worked for one, but I've almost got caught up in three of them. Um, nigga, I did another one. Now that I think about it, I'm gonna say it. After. You worked? Yeah, I worked another one. I was so fucking naive. She did. What's hot now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was at Direct TV. So Direct TV is a pyramid scheme. It is the oh, way shit. they they hired me. Okay. So I thought I was gonna be doing more of the IT piece to it and not necessarily a salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, shut up. I was not. So, it's no. It's cold out here. The first day was a very motivational speech for uh-huh. the interview, and I got hired on the spot, of course. And I had my notebook. I wrote a bunch of notes, probably like 10 pages full of stuff. God like, damn. they were telling me about the packages, mm-hmm. and depending on the location, like, what's, um like, for upgrades, like, what's included in that. And I'm like, okay, like, this is legit. Like, let, let's go. Like, I'm ready. 
So then they're like, your first post is going to be in Costco. And I was like, why am I going to Costco to give out information about DirecTV? So I was at a table with my partner, and we literally would just give out information about DirecTV. But people were just asking us, like, do you know where the croissants are? Like, they wasn't actually asking us about DirecTV. They thought we worked at Costco. And I'm like, yo, I don't fucking work here. <laughs> <laughs> you in Costco. You were so with these croissants. She wanted them off. Yeah. in Walmart with the tech. Nobody ever talked to them about <laughs> Yes, I was that person. So I did that for about two days. And I'm like, no, this is some bullshit. Hey, let me interest you in T-Mobile. Uh, nigga, where the Pampas? <laughs> Listen, that was literally it. <laughs> I almost got duped into selling vacuums when I was like 19 because I just needed money. But once I, I, I don't went through the whole class listening to everything. And just from the, the shit my mother used to show tell me when I was growing up, I was just sitting there. I ain't going to put his name out there. We ain't cool no more. But at the, <laughs> at the same time, he was like all in trying to get all of us to do this shit. So... We in this class, and this guy's like, yeah, man, these these are state-of-the-art vacuums. We need you guys to go from door to door with this shit. <laughs> and I'm just looking at this dude. I'm like, bro, where do we come out good on this? Like, they were making all the money, and we're mm-hmm. just screwed. And he didn't. He chose not That's to see it. every company. Mm-hmm. And every company. So, yeah. And then the second part was, um, you ever heard of Prime America? No. The insurance company? Yeah. So Prime America actually has really good insurance coverages. I got my life insurance through them. Uh, you got your okay. wife insurance? That's dope. Life. I appreciate it. Oh, life. Damn, life she ain't got insurance. No <laughs> but, um, you can add her to it. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I ain't married yet. Oh. We, we, we'll discuss those things once <laughs> we get there. But um, they're, they're, the workers, though, the way they have people signing up for it, complete pyramid scheme. And yeah. I literally was, when I, I got the retail job that I got sprayed at by one of her folks, <laughs> So I got I got fired from that job on some nonsense. So for like I wanna say like three months, I'm like I was out here Ubering just trying to get all the money I can, but then you know, that's too much stress on your car. So one of my boys was working for Prime America. So he told me he was making good money. That was the thing. He was telling me this because they have to sign people yeah. up. They make money off of you just signing exactly. up. Exactly. So I, I go there, like you, nice business suit. I'm dressed to the T. I'm like, all right, I'm looking good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, this, I'm in this meeting. I'm like, yo, this is some bullshit. I, I pulled him out. I'm like, yo, man, I'm not doing this, dog. Yeah. He's like, what? I'm like, why you tell me this is a scheme? And he starts laughing. I'm like, you know what this shit is. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, man, but I'm like, yo. Well, they get money. Like, they get money the more people that they get to sign it up. It looks like it, but yeah. I don't think I said to him, I'm like, yo, if I sign up and not show up, do you still get money? He was like, yeah. So I did it, but I never I never went. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is nonsense. And okay. then the last one was the uh, the neutral burst. Somebody I used to date um, was doing that. That was shit. a scheme when I was in college. Like, my we because we all like lived on a floor where they came randomly one day and like gave a presentation of how great the, I didn't do it but like my they roommate still out here doing it and someone else did she, we had a good, good conversation and they swear by it I'm like they had a little events when the, the leader of the area comes she pull up in her little roars race and some shit mm-hmm. everybody outside like oh she making it she duping y'all That's right it's doing. all bullshit it's all like a mind game it's too, all it to is. see that like oh I'm making all this money but like no you're just my pawns mm-hmm. in this game okay so I do just want to segue into um, a question for you LaShawn directly because yes. you are a podcaster as well 
Um, I just wanted to know, like, how do you stay inspired and motivated and keep coming up with your content as a podcaster? Because, like, we are still relatively new. And I think for us, like, it's just trying to figure out, like, what works for our brand as far as the conversations, what's trending, like, what makes sense for us to talk about. So with your podcast, it's called The Educated Brothers. Like, what helps you just, you know, keep putting out content and finding topics? I talk a lot. Um, <laughs> okay. But, but not. Nah, um, growing up, I want to say, like, the first 13 years of my life, I was more reserved. You know, um, I'm f- my family's from Newark, you know, we're a hooded family. Mm-hmm. But um, my mother had me in schools that was really suburban, so I spent most of the time around my family feeling like an outcast. So I didn't speak up a lot when we were at family events to the point where I would get around people and just be timid. Mm-hmm. When I started playing football in high school, I think that's why I started becoming who I am. And I always told myself, whatever I feel like sharing, mm-hmm. I'm going to share it. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want to hear it, I'm tell you. Right. And it got to a point as an adult to where, you know, there was a moment where I'm like, all right, maybe I'm oversharing. And I, I explained this to Aaron a few weeks ago, you know, I got diagnosed with depression in 2017. They tried to put me on all the medication, blah, blah, blah. So to not go that route, I knew that I had to just be completely confident with the person I am and just explore all avenues that I always wanted to explore. Mm-hmm. So... It started off with me making um, Instagram skits, like I was doing the comedy videos okay. and things of that nature, um, just to get that out. I still do that on like. Were you now Were now. you doing that to help with your depression? Yeah, because it, to... it, it 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 was the way to express what I'm feeling or okay. just things that I just think is funny, mm-hmm. and even if people didn't agree with it, it it was just for me. Mm-hmm. And if people rock with it, they rock with it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel too. Like mm-hmm. not to cut you off, but you like good. when it comes to just the podcasting and. Um, I used to put out YouTube videos, mm-hmm. too. Like, I wasn't doing it for the um, notoriety or, like, subscribers or fans. Like, mm-hmm. I just genuinely enjoyed putting out and, digital content. And that's what it was. A lot of people were, like, you know, people expect your your, your stuff to blow mm-hmm. immediately. And if it don't, then they're, they're questioning why you're doing it. So when I would explain to people, I'm like, yo, I'm not doing it to... Go viral. I just think this shit is funny. Like, it's your happy place. Exactly. And I think that's where we all relate. Mm-hmm. Because me and Dana, me and you, we, we all just naturally... I don't even know if we extroverts, mm-hmm. per se. I'm not an but, extrovert. But from, from a content perspective, mm-hmm. we do what we want and we say what we mm-hmm. want. Y'all know I don't give a fuck. I know you like but you know what it is like we don't we don't like to go against the grain like we have our own opinions like mm-hmm. we want to just think outside the box and express ourselves mm-hmm. in that way so I think like just as individuals because for me like I'm not like people are always surprised when I say I'm not an extrovert like to me I have to mentally get myself um in a space where I know I'm gonna be around people and talk and all of that like I have to mentally like tell myself like all right like you have to be bubbly today. You have to interact with people. You have to communicate and like just like work the work the crowd or whatever I'm doing because that's not usually how I am on a day to day. See, I'm a little bit of the opposite. Like I I'm naturally extroverted, but I don't have a problem taking a step back. I don't mind being a forefront. I don't mind blending in. I don't mm-hmm. I'm a chameleon mm-hmm. essentially. Okay. Like whatever the room calls for, that's what I'm with. And I I'm going to get mine regardless. Mm-hmm. That's I think, how I feel. I honestly, and I think that's why me and you rock with each other because I think those are the best type of people to be around because 
you can put a person like that in a room and it's still good energy, good vibes. Mm-hmm. And it's not a point to where you're feeling like, yo, what's this motherfucker doing? Like, like why trust- did I invite them? Yeah, like, I don't trust <laughs> but I think, weird. I think me and LaShawn relate because we both come from those same kind of environments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, we were... I don't know, I'm not going to speak for you, but I was like the smart one mm. in my family, right? I was the one where, oh, you need to ask something, ask Aaron. And it's like the computer geek, the geek, the nerd. But I also wasn't a nerd when it came to like being in those spaces in school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like my family knew I was the fucking smartest person in the room, but my grades didn't show up because I didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not denigrating myself in this in this conversation, but it's like, you had to be an individual at all times. Mm-hmm. And you got to really pay attention to where you're around because these people will take advantage over you. Oh, you want to be the cl- class clown? I'm going to show you the class clown mm-hmm. dance, nigga. And I'm not that type and of they, person. And they label you. Yo, that. and that's what it was crazy because that's what it was. Like, to my family, I wasn't necessarily the smartest one, but, you know, I didn't carry myself like that. So they thought that I was suburban or, like, soft. Mm-hmm. That's how they labeled it. If you were suburban, you were soft. But around the people I hung out with in the suburbs, I was the hoodest nigga in the world. And it was crazy because I had the littest life. Like, all right, how do I find a balance? Because I don't want I didn't want to create a life to where I was being fake. Right. So I found who I am and I'm literally the same person around everybody. And I think that's why people tend to rock with me the way they do, because it's not fake. I'm not switching. I'm not cold switching. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. It's it's like organic and yeah. natural. It's who you are as a person. Exactly. So does that translate to your podcast? Yes. And the, the topics that you guys choose to talk about. Absolutely, because we 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 go we talk about everything. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I know we talk about sports a lot. We talk about politics, um, life in general. We we try to touch on everything. Because my thing is, like Aaron said, I'm constantly on social media, going at people. Mm-hmm. I like to debate. Okay. And I feel like if you know how to have, sometimes I do get out of character and start wilding because when people say certain things and it triggers you, it triggers like, me. Oh, really? So, <laughs> but um, in in my need to constantly, because I feel like everything needs to be known and everybody needs to get out of this 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 mindset to where what I think is true. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people too. If you can prove me wrong about something that I'm, I'm I believe, I'll never argue with. I'll be but like, I- oh, you know what? You got me. Yeah, and but I think a lot of people don't know how to do that. It's also important to be open minded because, mm-hmm. like, everyone has their own opinion and their views and perspectives on things. Mm-hmm. So you can, like, to me, I don't necessarily like debating with people just because I already know that they have in their mind that what I'm saying is already like wrong. So I'm kind of just like, I will tell you my point of view, but I'm not going to like force you into believing. Like what I think is true. But what if it's somebody you care about? You're going to just allow them to just be stupid? No. So if it's someone that I care about, like mm-hmm. I am going to just tell them why this way is the right way. Mm-hmm. But if we agree to disagree, then like that's just what it is so, to me. I try to debate with the perspective, like, let me understand you. Mm-hmm. Let me see where you're coming from because it's a reason that you feel this way and that's before, how you're supposed to. before I jump into this argument with you. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, Black and white, man and woman, this and that. It's just I'm sticking to my perspective. Fuck yours. And it's like, no, you have you have a valid reasoning for mm-hmm. where you're coming from. It's literally racist it's in this world that I can empathize with because I understand too. them. Yeah, it's the experiences that they've had with certain people. Like for example, um, I had a conversation with somebody recently, and they told me, speaking on like the black and white thing, um, 
him and his wife, they went to a concert recently in New Orleans. And there was this black guy walking, um, I think he was walking in front of them. And then the black guy was like, oh, walk in front of me because I don't like when, bl- when white people walking back at me. Like, I don't trust y'all. And then his wife, like, felt the way. He was like, she was like, oh, that made me feel uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. But he had to explain to her, like, well, we don't know the experiences that he's had with white people. So, like, if it, we would Was this an interracial couple? No, he's white and his wife is white. Okay. But the guy was black. But he had to just explain to his wife that whatever experiences that he's had with white people, like, that's not on us. Like, that's just, like, his experience. So um, they ended up seeing him later at a restaurant, and then um, he paid for his, his meal or whatever. And the guy, like, he gave him a head nod to just basically, like— be like, all right, I, I noticed you did this nice thing for me, so thank you. But it's not necessarily to change his view on white people, but just to, to show him that, like, not everybody is the same. And I think a lot of people don't always take in that lesson. Like, I had a situation at work where my peer talked down to this, this older black woman. And he was like, girl, you heard what I told you to do, blah, blah, blah. Even in his mind, if he was playing, you're a 23-year-old white man. And this is a 60-year-old black woman. Mm. You see First how Dana all, reacted. They don't play. Right. Okay. <laughs> so what I try to do is I try to bridge the gap because I understand where you're coming from from a comedic perspective. Like you're trying to be light at work. They're trying, trying to, he's trying to relate yes. and try to be down. But you can't do that by understand by not understanding the dynamics of racial culture. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's very disrespectful for you in general. What did Let he him. say though? Like what did he say to he her? He actually got what did he say to her? Yeah. He just said, girl, da 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 to move because mm-hmm. she wanted to go to a different position. He wanted her to be in a different place. Okay. But if you would just talk to her like, excuse me, Taya, can you just go right, over just there? Right, just a respect. Right. So when I talked to him about it, he felt like I was taking her side. I said, no, bro, like, that's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing, I'm trying to make you understand where she's coming from. I already spoke to her to let her understand where you were coming from. Mm-hmm. Water under the bridge. Yeah, but blah, 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 blah. And then he stepped at me at work. Like, we on the sales floor. I'm like, all right. We got to the back room. I said, bro, if you ever fucking step to me like that, I will smack the shit out you. You had the 40 year version moment. You want a nigga? You got a nigga No, I swear to God. Like, I had to. Because I'm, I'm not that person, but mm-hmm. I'm not telling you to, to do anything differently. But but you're also the manager, too. Yeah, but you got to understand, like, you can't talk to people any kind of but way. But that's the thing. And that, I think that plays into the issue, too. There's some white people in the world who, who think that I know that I'm not racist, so let me just pretend that it's not here. Yeah. And then they, they operate like that. And I... I I've lo- Listen, when Trump became president, I lost a lot of white friends. I still have a lot as well. but I ex- And I keep the ones that I keep around me because they understand that it's real. Mm-hmm. Don't act like it don't exist. Do things to change it. Um, when I, I used to work at an assistant living home, and, you know, a lot of racism is taught. It's not that they truly want to believe like mm-hmm. that, but they were raised it's to think It's their upbringing like with their parents, so, family and, members. Exactly. So working in this assistant living home, I used to be called a nigga all the time but everyone at the job respected me because i knew that when i was being called that they didn't mean anything by it because they just thought that's how they spoke to us mm-hmm. and i'm the, i'm working with 90 100 year olds like old white people yeah at the time these guys are born in the 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 1910s 1920s like during slavery exactly like and their grandparents were literally slave owners so when and then i would have conversations with these dudes to a point where you know, it's assisted living. It's not nursing. So they operate on their own. Hey, LaShawn, come sit down with me. Have lunch. I remember there was this one guy named Roger. Roger was a racist, 
racist. Piece of shit is what he was about to say. I was about to say it, but... We could curse on here. Listen, it because it, I, I didn't call him a piece of shit because once I got to learn him, mm-hmm. he wasn't. He was... My thing was, he, everybody in the job knew how he was, so they hated him. I'm the type of person, I, I need to understand why you feel like that about me. Especially if I'm doing you a service and I'm rocking with you. So I sat down with Roger and spoke to him every day for about like a year. A year passed, now he's coming down bubbly. Hi, hi. Because I, I used to explain to him, like, hey, certain things that, you know, we don't like. Is he still calling you nigga? I, I think he's passed. Because at, at the time that I was working, that was 20... Mm-hmm. He was already like ninety five. Okay. Oh he yeah, he, he was up grade. there. Yeah. So, but um, he has stopped. Okay. Because he only realistically he only said it like three times, but he stopped doing it because I had explained to him like, like why it's not cool. That society is but not okay. The crazy part is he truly didn't understand like why it wasn't okay to say it because his family used it so much. And when I explained to him everything about it, and that's another thing. A lot of white people now are ignorant to the fact that a lot of the things they're taught and they feel like are their customs were literally hurting other people. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, um, one of the one of the managers that work under, underneath me is the sweetest lady in the world. Mm-hmm. Monday is what it is, the holiday. Columbus Day. I call it Indigenous People Day. Yeah. But my thing is, but that's we, new though. Like that just yeah, came out like in the past I, few years. Even when I was younger, I never called it Columbus Day because I knew what the type of motherfucker Columbus was. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, I'm the leader. I'm not a manager. I run offices, so I can't be like that and work sometimes. So we're talking about Mondays because I've only been with the company I'm with for four months. She's been with them for five years. I asked her. I'm like, hey, um, Monday, you guys usually have that day off. Mm-hmm. She's like, "What day?" I'm like, "What do you call it?" Because I wasn't going, I wasn't going to call it what I called it if she felt the way she was. Right. She was like, "You know what? I call it Columbus Day. I'm conservative." And then she started getting into it, and I told her, "I'm like, let's not have that conversation." She's like, "Why?" Because I'm like, "Do I think you're racist? No, and I respect I you, but I'm I'm smart enough to know that sometimes they're just like ignorant. Yeah, and that's what it is. Yeah, because especially in that area, because this is Tom's River. You used to Tom's River, New Jersey." Mm-hmm. They stay just, in a bubble. But you being conservative shouldn't impact the way that you feel about certain things nah, but that most, other people feel. Most, most, most conservatives are taught racist. to think a certain way. It is racist. Mm-hmm. But the it's, ones who are not diving deep into it don't know because they're not thinking outside their bubble. And it depends if bubble. they actually want to understand exactly. why it's racist. If they're just set in their ways like, nope, this is how it's been. This mm-hmm. is how it's taught. Like, I don't care. It's like, no, if people are telling you that this is an issue and this but is racist. It, it's, then... not, it's not that they don't care. It's just that it's hard for any grown-ass adult to be told, like, hey, everything you were taught when you were younger was a lie. So yeah. what I look at it as <laughs> is... Most conservatives aren't racist, but all racists are conservative. So that's the problem. You need to fix your, your people from within. It's just like cops. Mm-hmm. I don't think all cops are bad, but if you got a couple bad cops, y'all need to fix that shit from within before Thanks. we fix it from outside. Thanks. Yeah, and I feel like that is a bigger conversation, which we can definitely dive into. With bigger Sean. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we definitely want to have you back on here because... Um, I'll be back. I like it. We yeah. outside. We outside. I'm we the, outside. I'm the <laughs> oh, I'm on vacation too, so I'm definitely about to <laughs> Oh, you really about to be just in the streets. All right, but <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> 
All right, guys, we are going to wrap up the episode here, though. Um, we do want to thank LaShawn for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. On our episode five. And episode 10 is Cinco coming. Don't work, though. Episode 10. <laughs> it's coming. It's on the way. We do have a couple pri- uh, surprises. Yes. We want to start a Patreon on episode 10. So, yeah, look forward to that. Y'all doing big things over here. All right. <laughs> we trying. We yeah, trying, trying to make here. this work. But um, I will put all of our tags and handles in the description box. And we do have that Gmail account, W-O-A-W. And we want y'all to start gmail. using it, y'all. We want y'all to start using it. We want to bring y'all to the podcast. We want to hear what y'all got to say. We want to talk directly to the people. To our coworkers. To our coworkers. Oh, that's what yeah, yeah, so I like that. Them. Yeah, Aaron came up with that. I like that. That's, that's nice. Yeah, it, it's on brand. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, we are going to wrap up episode five. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we, we out. outside and we out. We outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>